All right, welcome everyone to the year that was dot dot dot. We are discussing 1997. I am your host, Aaron Maxson. Um, if I sound a little rough, I'm sorry. I just am now getting over my cold. Um, and I'm sorry for the delay in the shows if we have active listeners. Um, but shoot job, holidays. I didn't really have time to be sitting down and doing podcasts or anything like that. So we're back. Hopefully we're going to be consistent again. And I am with my co-host for the evening, my brother Nate. Hello, everybody. And also uh, the great Archie Mitchell. Oh, thank you for having me, my friend. Oh, thanks for being here. Um, if you guys aren't aware of what this podcast is, it is a podcast that's discussing a calendar year of professional wrestling. This year, we're discussing 1997. We're talking about WCW, WWF. Um, we're not getting into like indies or ECW or anything like that. If you want to hear about ECW, you got to go to the Reliving the Extreme podcast and we'll get to 1997 eventually. But um, it, it's just a free form discussion about the Raw, the Nitro of that week. And then obviously um, we have special episodes like this one for just the standalone pay per view, um, which we'll be discussing WCW's Great American. <laughs> Great American Bash 1997, um, which is actually a really good show. Um, but I also try to venture out sometimes and maybe talk about something that's not just wrestling, you know, because we can talk about wrestling all day, but um, I like to keep it interesting. So um, did you guys see the question that I was going to pose to you? And if you don't have the, if you don't, if you don't have the answer, that's fine. Cause I just thought of it like, an hour before we were going to record, but did you guys? I did. I did see the question, and I do have an answer, but it's a little different than your question. But okay. Um. But but the question I posed to the fellas was, um, tell me a time when somebody told you something, or like a story, or asked you a question that they did not intend to be funny but you found funny and, and like inappropriately laughed at or whatever. That happens to me a lot. And I have my greatest one. And I figured if you guys had yours, you guys could either go first. I could go first. However you wanted to do it. What, I you, got, what you got Mitchell? Yeah, <laughs> I, I've been racking my brain. I have a few, so I was going to let Aaron go first and try to narrow it down. Okay. Nate, you want to go or you want me to go? I can go. Okay. And my, mine, I couldn't think of anything like, and obviously, you know, being in the same business you are, I've obviously probably had these kind of interactions with people, but I just, <clears throat> on the on the quick, I couldn't think of anything particular that in that vein. Yes. But someone doing something, here's for me, what I <laughs> thought of immediately, because it'll I'll never forget it. Um, I was working for a certain retailer. Um. And, of course, we had public restrooms. And at this particular store, we didn't have an employee. Because the, the one that I work at now, we have an employee restroom. So I never go in the public restroom. I hate public restrooms anyway. But the particular store that I was in, at that time, we didn't. And, and what, what I'm saying is, it, it's not necessarily that this person said it to me. And I thought it was funny or was unintentionally funny. What it was funny to me was they had no idea that someone else was in the restroom. 
and I overheard them. This guy was this guy was in the stall and he was taking a just a horrendous shit, right? And he was deprecating himself. He was not only defecating, but he was also deprecating himself. Like it'd be like and this dude would literally be like, oh, you nasty bastard. <laughs> oh, you're so gross. Like he was just like, he was, he was taking his, he was just in his in his stall in his moment, not realizing anybody else was in the bathroom. And he's I'll just never forget. I'll, I will just never forget. <laughs> oh, you nasty bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but that's Fix what your, I thought of. Fix your diet. <laughs> it, was, it was yeah it was fun it was fucking funny and i'm like i'm like you know you're at the urinal take i thought i was gonna piss on my pants because i'm laughing and i'm peeing at the same time and yeah so anyway that was mine not this That's not it. necessarily the question you asked but all right still a good one, <laughs> good one. um this isn't the this isn't the thing but um Mine is there, and I'm not going to use names or anything like that, but there was this person and anybody that's ever worked where they have people working for them knows this person that they're not there more than they're there. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And every time they're not there and it looks like it's going to be the last time they don't show up and you're going to be able to let them go, they give you some kind of story. You know what I mean? And it's right. always outlandish and this, that, and the other thing. Well, this person didn't didn't like work in my area, but I was aware of her always doing this. Like it would be like, oh, well, I didn't come to, I can't come to work because my water main broke, or this happened, or that happened, or my kid has whooping cough. Just all these different outlandish. Th- I'm not saying that's what she said, but. I know this particular story because I was the manager that was there, so I had to take the phone call. Okay. So, so this person calls. And so they're like, manager line one. So it's me, and I pick up the phone. And I'm not, a, unless it's a child or something like that, I'm not a very compassionate person because most problems you create yourself. So I pick up the phone. I'm like, this is Aaron. How can I help you? And this person's already like, like bawling. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, what is, what is like, what is going on? And this person's like my, and this isn't funny. This part isn't funny, but she's like, my boyfriend's sister beat the shit out of her. And she called the cops and they arrested him. And he said that if she didn't bail him out of jail, he was going to shoot her. Oh, God. Okay. I was like, all right. She goes, so uh, she bailed him out of jail. And when he got out, he shot her anyway. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I went... I had to hold the head, the fucking headset away from my head. <laughs> and I said, well, that's between you and your manager. If you have to call off, hope everything works out for you. 
And after it was done, I was like, if somebody told you, if you don't get me out of this jail, I'm going to hurt you, wouldn't you say, but if I don't get you out of the jail, how are you going to hurt me? How are you going to hurt me? But it was one of the, it was one of the most unintentionally funny things I had ever heard in my life <laughs> it's, it's 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 literally a real life punchline yeah right <laughs> then he shot her anyway like, then he oh, shot her anyway and i fucking oh, man. my ass off after i hung up the phone well mine isn't as nearly as funny or as bad as aaron's but um i want to say about nine years ago my wife's sister had to go for a back surgery and we were going to be driving from New Jersey all the way to Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. And we started, we started driving at 9 AM. And the next thing I knew it was seven 30 at night. And I was starting to get stir crazy in the car. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, you know, when it's just the road just becomes so long, it's like, I gotta get, I gotta get out of here now. She's like, well, let's stop. And she's like, I'm like, how many times are we going to do that? I want to just get to a hotel room, wash my face, eat something, and go to bed. I don't want to be on the road any longer. So her sister texts, and her, mind you, her sister is from, born and raised in California. And I've heard her sister talk on the phone. There's no, like, nor, you know that North Carolina accent? Right. There's no accent like that. And But her husband has one. So her sister texts us at about 7.30 at night, and the text just reads, how y'all doing? But I read it in, how y'all doing? And behind the <laughs> wheel of the car, I just started giggling. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm driving, the road is driving me nuts, and I'm just giggling behind the wheel. And she's like, what's wrong? I'm like, read the text in, in it's like, it says, how y'all doing? What's that? Like, no, read it like, it's shaking bacon. I helped. And she started busting out with me. So the last hour of the car ride, I just giggled the whole way there from this unintentional. I was gonna say, I just picture a, a giggling Archie, right, pulling it's, up at the at the Best Western. Right. It's just me giggling, and I just keep repeating it every couple minutes. How y'all doing? You know. What I mean? So we get there. There's her husband now sitting there in front of the hotel. He's like. Man, it took y'all a long time. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. He and said I, y'all. He, he said, said y'all. And I Triggered. Triggered. Busting out again. <laughs> and she's like, pay no mind to him. He's been in the car, 12, you know, 10 hours or whatever. And her husband's like, no, no, no. What, what's so funny? I'm like, nothing. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, I, this, this is kind of like, I, I worked with a guy. He was a good guy, but he had like, <laughs> dry like he didn't have any sense of humor or anything like that you know one of those guys like right. he's not a bad guy but i don't have anything in common with him he's just a and i won't use his name but we'll just say his name let's just say his name is david regan okay okay or his text like he would text you and he'd be like hello this is david regan i was wondering if you'd be able to <laughs> It's like your number's in my phone, Dave. 
like like he was that bland but his text messages were so funny because it was just so matter of fact <laughs> this is david regan. hello this is david regan it was fucking fantastic it's like he's he was unintentionally hysterical to me but anyway um y'all ready to talk about this uh, <laughs> i'm ready all right um, some wrestling that's right we're going to talk about wcw great american bash 1997 from june 17th 1997 at the mark of the quad arena in moline illinois um it's kind of it let me ask this illinois 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 I do hear people say Illinois. Yes, but if you hear anyone that's from Illinois say Illinois, they say Illinois. Right. So. Um, the um, the attendance, at least the set attendance, is 9,613 people. Our announced team is the great team of Chelsea, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and Dusty Rhodes. Um, we've talked about them a lot, so there's really, unless you guys have anything, I think we'd just be rehashing old comments of how awesome. No, that was my favorite WCW announced team. I don't care. I didn't, I didn't care for Mike Tanay. Oh, I don't remember the other guy's name, the bald headed guy that uh, Scott Hudson, I think it was. And Mark Madden is just a shit. So, um, you know, yeah. Um, the opening match is the Ultimo Dragon. Versus Psychosis, who is now being managed by Sonny Ono. Sonny Ono is selecting luchadors now to uh, send after the Ultimo Dragon. Um, the Ultimo Dragon in, is in his is is in his solid gold outfit, which I always thought looked dope. Um, yep. I mean, every outfit he had was cool, but his, his solid, like everything gold on it was fucking badass. I agree. Mike Tanay is talking about psychosis and how psychosis is trying to prove that he's not number two compared to Rey Mysterio as a luchador because um, he's talking about how they came up together and trained together and, and psychosis has always been looked at as, as being, being like just basically number two to Rey Mysterio and he wants to prove everybody wrong and he's hoping the management of Sonny Ono now can help catapult him to the next level. I thought that was kind of a nice little whatever. It's, they're 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 trying to they're, they're finally starting to try to um, flesh out some of these luchadors. You know what I mean? Right. In a in an age where it was strictly Mysterio, Guerrero, Juventud, it was nice to see them finally starting to push guys like Psychosis and La Parca. And I liked the the uh, paying homage to that Psychosis and Ray did come up because. Technically, not just in Mexico, but in the United States, it was them in the in ECW to start it off with. So, yeah. it made sense. And, and and on the nitros, we've been watching. They've been trying to put a little more flair, like La Parca and Super Calo and stuff. Yeah, like that. where before it was just they'd send these guys out, they do their thing, and you had no right. idea. Here's a six man. Ta- here's a random six man tag. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, actually, they're actually starting to do something with it. So I appreciate that. Um, Nate, you got anything on that? I feel bad, actually, because you're talking about two great wrestlers, Psychosis and Ultimo Dragon. And all I can think about in my head as I'm as you're talking about this is... Yes. 
Psychosis is awful. WCW. I, see, I liked the beginning of the theme song, but then, as like you said, as it went on, it became like an annoying video game music that just wouldn't end. Yeah. <laughs> but the well, beginning was good. You know what I mean? And that would be of... that would be a great. Just uh, we should do that sometime next year. That would be a great episode of We Can't Wrestle. It's just the most ludicrous entrance themes from WCW. <laughs> because they, I was, they would... They, I was going to say, we did the worst. Yeah, Remember no, that? I'm talking about ludicrous. Like, just yeah. the most ludicrous. Because WCW had a lot of times where the theme did not at all fit the, fit nope. the wrestler. Nope. But, yeah, let's, let's put that in the, let's put that on a shelf, and we'll all talk right. about that later. Alright. Um, obviously, with these two, um, there's a lot of great it's a great fucking match. And Nate says all the time, you know, like, I don't have a lot of notes if a match is really good because I'm into the match, you know. But there were um, two spots in this match that I had to I had to pause it because I wanted to write them down. There's one, and um, this one is both of the guys. Um, Dragon hits a... Um, he, ends up, he ends up getting a tilt-a-whirl into, a, into like into like a rack and then he drops down and it was fucking dope. And then um hopefully the way I, the way I read it, hopefully you guys can visualize it in your head. This is what the Ultimo Dragon does. The Ultimo Dragon hits the ropes, does a reverse somersault into a Frankensteiner and then hits a victory roll on Psychosis. And it looked I Aaron, it looked effortless. Oh yeah, like like, like both guys were like, okay, well look, we're gonna make our bodies into two barrels rolling down a hill, so just brace yourself. And then they nailed it perfectly. It was fucking fantastic, and I, it's like when I saw it, I was just like, that was dope. And I, oh, of, of his genre of wrestling, he's he's top two. Ultimo Dragon is the Kurt Henning of his genre. Of I agree. Good call. Like he's just fucking flawless and i've never seen him have a bad match like he's taken people that shouldn't even be on his level and made him good mm -hmm. you know what i mean um and as the match is going on sonny ono ends up kicking psychosis by mistake which allows the ultimo dragon to get the dragon sleeper and the submission so the winner of the match is the ultimo dragon and i was trying to give all these matches ratings and i didn't even i just wrote rating dope this match was fucking dope. If you want to do a star rating, I'd give this a, uh, maybe a four point, a four point two point five, a four point two five. You know what I mean? Four and a quarter stars because it was as close to perfect as you were going to get from two guys that really hadn't had a match yet. You know, this I is their first real outing. I suggest going forward. You know, Dave Meltzer rates. Uh, matches one through five. I'm sorry, not one through five stars because Kenny Omega exists. One seven through, stars. One through 19 stars or what yeah. the fuck ever. But anyway, I suggest now, Aaron, going forward, every time you do a pay-per-view review, not one through five stars. The It's the whack through dope, dope. scale. I like it. I like it. <laughs> You gotta come. You gotta come up with three other terms between whack and dope, but. <laughs> and my minus five stars would be wickety 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 whack. <laughs> but that match was dope. 
This match will make you jump, jump. Because <laughs> it was terrible. But not this one. This one was great. Um, then they show a segment of um, backstage of WCW.com interviewing Chris Benoit. And it just shows that, I mean, 1997 was how many years ago? 25 years yep, ago. Yep, 25. 25 is not a... It's not a long time ago. You know what I mean? If you think about the history of just history. I was 16. That's a long time ago. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it wasn't a long time ago. You know what I'm saying? No, you're right. You're right. But this was like CompuServe. They asked Chris Benoit a question. Chris Benoit tells them, and the guy sitting next to him has to type it. Right. It's insane. Right. Like, like WWE at AOL. <laughs> yeah, this was, that was only 25 years ago, and now we're sitting here in our homes without wires and shit talking about it. As we record this, it is 12.15 a.m. on December 1st, 2022, and Aaron, just so you know, just so you feel old, your niece is officially 24 years old. But anyway. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Imagine how I feel. I know. <laughs> anyway. Her being born, I can have a whole fucking story about that. I mean, it's not as great as your story. Mine was terrifying at first, but anyway. <laughs> like I got called out of class. I was in class living in Toledo, and Nate was here in Van Wert, and I get called out of class. You're like, the thing goes bing, bong, boom. Aaron Maxson report to the office. I'm like, what did I do? What did I do? Right. <laughs> hey, I haven't even been here that long today and i go down to the office and mom is there i'm like what did i do (laughs) i didn't do shit because she was supposed to be at work aaron walked in and was like how y'all doing (laughs) he was like you didn't do nothing the baby's on the way i was like oh and van wert of fucking toledo to van wert's supposed to be what like an hour and a half It's, it's an hour and a half I think we made it in like 32 minutes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> anyway. And then we sat there for 12 hours. I'm like, why did we weave through so much? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Um, the next match is the number one contenders for the WCW Tag Team Championships. It's the Harlem Heat with Sister Sherry versus the Steiner Brothers. Um these guys have wrestled a lot. Like I've never been like, Ugh, I hated that Harlem Heat Steiner Brothers match. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, 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 they had a lot of classics. I will say they worked very well together. And they're all big bastards, but they're all talented. And when I say that, I even mean Stevie Ray. Like, I used to kind of sleep on Stevie Ray, but the older I've gotten and learned more about how wrestling works and stuff like that, he wasn't he wasn't bad. Stevie no. Ray Stevie Ray was fine. Stevie Ray was Stevie Ray, and, and again, I'm making a comparison like I did with Ultimo and, and Henning. In his tag team, and this is this is a compliment. Nightheart. Yes, he is Nightheart. Nightheart served his purpose. Bret Hart served his purpose, and that's why they were a great tag team. <coughs> Stevie Ray was never a great promo. 
And he was not a great singles wrestler. He was a great tag team wrestler. To his credit, though, they tried to give him a decent singles push. And when he turned on Booker, he was trying. I wouldn't even say that he wasn't a great promo. Like, I don't want to say, like, when he was a commentator and shit like that, he wasn't bad. Like, he was actually pretty funny. He's better than Booker is on NXT right now. (laughs) You know? Like, there was times where Stevie was kind of kind of like a like an unpolished gem or whatever within like WCW towards the end or whatever. I, I didn't mind him. I, I was just I don't know. I was just never a big fan of, of him as, as a singles wrestler. I just it, but I think he was a great tag team wrestler. And I'm not shitting on him. I'm not saying oh he's fucking sucked. I'm just saying I just I, I would prefer to watch him in in Harlem Heat than singles oh, whereas the only whereas other Whereas the only, Booker, I'd rather watch Booker wrestle singles at this point. I know, only, and I totally agree. And I just think I think that he kind of got. I mean, it's like your Booker T's brother. You know what I mean? It's like right, yeah. And and see, and and, and, the, and sorry, Arch, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, 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 you're good. You're good. The thing I was gonna say is the thing that I respect about Stevie Ray is he's like, you're right. I'm Booker T's brother. Yep. You know what I mean? It's not a wrestling comparison, but you know what I kind of think of when I think of it? And it, and this isn't even a race thing either. You know what I think of it when I think of those two? What? I think of Eddie Murphy and Charlie Murphy. True. True. You know what I mean? Like, Charlie Murphy's like, yeah, man, you know, Eddie, he knew Eddie was funnier than him, and Eddie was this and Eddie was that, but he was like, I'm going to have this dude's back so nobody fucks with him either. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. So, where are you going to say, Arch? My only other acceptable time I enjoyed watching Stevie Ray without Booker T was when he joined the NWO and he was becoming a shit talker. Like, he'd go to, like, Brian Adams and Scott Norton and be like, why are we the B team? Why they got to be NWO red? And why we got to be white? And this and that. And then when Hogan would come around, he'd immediately go to Hogan like, these guys talking a mess about you, yo. We need to, we need to, we need to fix this, yo. And Hogan would, like, beat the crap out of, like, Brian Adams for no reason because of Stevie Ray's shit talking, you know. Yeah. So that was the only other time I enjoyed Stevie as a single, anyway. You know, but he tried. He tried his hardest. You know, they just they didn't know what to put him against. Who was he supposed to feud with? Disco Inferno and Glacier? You know. Yeah, he just they broke him up at a time when it needed to be broke up. But Stevie right. was Stevie was going to get lost in the shuffle. And anyway. Um, like I said, they're all big bastards, all very talented. Um, there's only one botched spot in the match, and it's Stein, it's it's Scotty, and he jumps to Booker, but Booker is is far away, like he shouldn't have did it. Um, Stevie Ray ends up actually kind of fucking up Rick outside the ring a little bit, but Steiner doesn't do any potato in any retaliation because I think these guys work together enough to know that you know Rick didn't think Stevie was being a dick. Um, then Rick Steiner ends up hitting a Frankensteiner off the top rope, um, on Stevie and, um, Virgil ends up, Virgil, he's Vincent here. Vincent ends up coming out and hitting, um, Stevie Ray with an elbow drop, which gives Harlem heat the victory via disqualification. Um, the commentators are wondering why Steve, why, why Virgil got involved. Um, well, Harlem heat is now the winners. And they're the number one contenders. And then the Steiner brothers end up kicking the shit out of Vincent. And 
I gave this match three stars. I'm not sure if you guys watched the show or not, but that's what I gave the match. Oh yeah, no, I I, I enjoyed the match. I think it was it was well done, and I kind of understood Vincent coming out because the lesser of the two evils was was Harlem Heat for the Outsiders and not the Steiner brothers because obviously the Steiner kept beating the Outsiders throughout their entire time together. Yeah. And then they would always do a screw job that got the belts back to the outsiders. But what I didn't like is, okay, this is a number one contenders match. It then happens two more times after this because of what kept happening with Vincent. It's like, okay, let Harlem Heat fight the outsiders then. They gave the outsiders like six weeks without defending the belts because they could never nail down a proper number one contender. So, you know, at what point do you just say, okay, Vincent interfered, no big deal. Give them, Give whoever won the shot. And let's see where it goes. I can't see you guys' faces because you're you got your cameras off, which is fine. But is is aren't you wearing a mask? No, no. Well, I, thought you might be, I, I thought you might be wearing a spoilers mask. No, I wasn't trying to give away spoilers. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm kidding. <laughs> People don't know what's going on. Then what the fuck? This was 25 years ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> Spoil something that happened 25 years ago. I'm just kidding with you. Uh, but yeah, like I said, three star match. Nate, you got any comments on it? Nope. All right. The next thing we're gonna go to, I have the least amount of notes on. It's Conan versus Hugh Morris. This fucking thing's been going on longer than it needs to, and so did the match. Um, the crowd they could have cared less. Um, Hugh Morris goes for the no laughing matter, but Conan. Um, um, knocks him off the ropes and ends up getting the tequila sunrise and uh, two stars. I just gave it two stars because I like I like both guys, but nobody cares about this feud. Yeah, I, I think this comes back to you mentioning them trying to put names to the faces of like Psychosis and Laparca. This was also WCW trying to give their mid card guys an opportunity, but and. Look, Hugh Morris was a great talent, as was Conan, but they didn't work well together at all. Their chemistry was really off. And it's also a matter of this is this is um, July of '97, correct? We're in July, right? Or in June, but June, yeah. Close I don't know. What, I don't know why it's just weird to me. Great American Bash wasn't in July, but anyway, um, <clears throat> June of 1997. And this is this is why I think it wasn't over. This is the relic. This is like the you, you dig. You're still digging up the bones of the goddamn dungeon of doom, right? From, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not Christ. even the good dungeon of doom. Yeah, right. and I know that sounds silly that I'm saying that, you know, but it's not like at I, least the at least the cartoon dungeon of doom is something where you'd be like, oh, that's ludicrous. Well, I mean, we're <laughs> we're, we're getting it to it later, but like. This whole thing broke down, and the good Dungeon of Doom is like Kevin Sullivan, Jimmy Hart, Meng, Barbarian. You know what I mean? It's like these right. guys. These guys bring the doom. Like Jesus Christ. Any, <laughs> I, I know I shit on Kevin Sullivan sometimes for being short and whatever. But I ain't gonna fuck with that guy. These two, it's like these guys. <laughs> that's what doom doesn't even care about. Like Jimmy Hart isn't even out there. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. you know. This should have been a feud playing out on Saturday night. 
right. in pay-per-view or nitro just saying but that's how that went um we then get mean gene okerlin hyping the wcw hotline and says someone might show up tomorrow but he might not um if you sounds like day sounds like a dave melcher dave yep <laughs> <laughs> something's going on with william regal or not anyway but if you want to find out call me at one yeah. 9900 and then he introduces the public enemy and they come out and cut some shitty promo and um they bring out a table and jeans like sitting on the table and then both of them sit on the table and gene basically makes a fat joke about them and says if both of you guys sit on this table we're all done like one of you has to get up basically um and that was the gist of that it was bad <laughs> no comment it's just bad all right the next match um is another match that we're talking about being beaten over the head with a relic from well it's not even a relic from the past it's a relic that never really should have happened when they decided the direction they were going it is glacier versus wrath damn um obviously james vandenberg is with wrath um during this match mortis by ruling of the wcw committee <coughs> is handcuffed to the turnbuckle because um you know they kept gang attacking glacier week after week and they're having this match, okay? And they're talking about how Glacier started as only wanting to do, like, his karate or whatever they call it and and strikes and things like that. But as this feud has been going, uh, Glacier has become more, um, more of a brawler, like, using clenched fists and the, the, the toes of his kick, not just his soles, shit like that. Okay. Right. Well, the brawl winds up outside of the ring. And it's not so much the brawl, it's the call. Okay. <laughs> um, Glacier has mounted um, Wrath and he's raining down palm strikes. Are you guys ready? Ready. That happened. <laughs> that was so That was a call during an actual wrestling event. Yes. He was successful. Just getting the man off with his mouth. <laughs> oh, oh my boy. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? I guess that goes with the long lineage that has happened in wrestling of, of crazy statements like Magnum TA saying, I'm going to come on you. I'm going to come on you so hard. You're not even going to know it's coming. You know? or, or Jim Ross going, Edge jerked him off. Right. The ladder. Oh, but at least he was smart <laughs> enough to be like, I just said Edge jerked him off. Right. Or, or Lita jerked him off. Lita jerked Lita, him off. Yeah, Lita jerked him off. 
But then he was smart enough to be like, wait a minute, I just said Lita jerked him off. The ladder. Tony just Tony just let it lie. Like he just let it he just let it sit there. And um I gotta say, I'm I'm impressed that Bobby Heenan just Right. Bobby <laughs> just let it go. <laughs> no. It's low hanging no. fruit. I'm not gonna do it. Not touching that one. He, Tony was in there with Dusty Rhodes and Bobby Heenan. Both of them were just—you know—they probably looked at each other. Right, really? I'm, willing, I'm willing to believe that Tony Schiavone didn't find out he even uttered those words until like the replay when he watched it, and they went, "Ooh, oh, <laughs> that ain't good." This <laughs> is successful with getting the man off with his mouth. <laughs> with his mouth. Like, dear Lord. <laughs> Well, that match continued, um, showing Glacier's stamina. Um, <laughs> Sorry. And um, Vandenberg ends up trying to throw a chain to Gla- to Wrath, but Glacier gets the chain instead and uses it on Wrath, and Glacier pins Wrath one, two, three. Um, Mortis gets uncuffed. And then they end up just attacking Glacier anyway, handcuffing him, and then beating him. It's same old, same old with this fucking feud. All for a damn helmet. Yeah. Glacier <laughs> wins the match. Every match, Glacier wins, and then these guys attack him and beat him up. Doesn't matter. Had- Nitro, Saturday night, a fucking pay-per-view, it's the same shit every fucking time. And had the NWO not happened, this would have been a major feud in WCW. This was the concept. Right. It's fucking trash. And it's kind of it's kind of sad that um because I, I think Ray Lloyd's a good wrestler. And it, it's kind of sad that that what what he's left with as the remembrance of his career <clears throat> is this long, pointless shit, and then Kaz Hayashi wearing his shit. <laughs> right. And that's it. That's all you remember about him. And I and I met the guy, and he was a cool dude. Oh, he was a good wrestler. He was he, he was, was, he was a good wrestler. And like I said, personality wise and everything, like when I when I met him at that when when I met him at that convention or whatever, he was super personable. Um, like like I said, he was super friendly. Like I don't, I know he charged me for his. I got his. I got his autograph, but then he didn't even like. Charge me for the picture. He's like, let's just take the picture, man. And then as we were leaving, I got to watch Glacier um, and the Rock and Roll Express chug a 24-ounce beer together. (laughs) They each had their own, but I was like, "Huh." Glacier and the Rock and Roll Express chugging beers together. (laughs) Um, But the match itself, it it was okay. I'm not a big... Brian Clark fan. It's about two stars. Um, I'm, I'm assuming you guys don't have any other things to say about Glacier and Wrath. Nope. No. All right. The next match is Akira Hokuto with Sonny Ono defending her WCW Women's Championship against the career of Medusa. Um. The story of the match is Medusa's leg. She gets hurt early on. She can't stand. Um, 
And then Akira Ho, there, there's really not a lot to the match because it's Medusa basically selling her leg. Uh, Akira Hokuto gets the modified, it's like a modified brain buster on Medusa and pins her one, two, three. And now Medusa's career is over. And that is that. And But I do want to say, as a little spoiler alert, as I am preparing, as, as you guys will, once I send out the info this week, coming up soon, the uh, 2022 edition of the We Can't Wrestle Podcast Hall of Fame. This year, I am actually, uh, on my ballot, I'm actually nominating my first female, and it is Medusa. Oh, anyway, God. I am nominating Medusa for the We Can't Wrestle Podcast Hall of Fame. All right. Can a trash can uh, do the induction? <laughs> no, Bull Nakano will. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, like I said, her career's over. And um, if you guys, like I said, I think it was last the last episode we recorded a Kira Hokuto. She had a great look. She was really good in the ring. Her entrance gear, like I said, it looked like if, Phil, if, if Phyllis Diller had been like cast as Bane. <laughs> um, but it's funny, after the match, Mean Gene is trying to interview Medusa, who doesn't want to talk. And he's like, Medusa, you didn't have to put your career on the line. You were you were goaded into it. How do you feel? And she's like, I don't want to talk. And she doesn't want to say anything. And you know, Gene's like a heel for a minute because the crowd, the crowd's like, "Leave her alone, leave her alone." <laughs> like, and they're like throwing shit at Gene for a minute. He's, he's T T M Gene. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, they're telling the story that Medusa's career is now over. And unless you guys have anything on that, we'll move on to. Um, uh, the only thing I'll say is I, I enjoyed here Akira Hokuto's uh, WCW career. Um, I like that they involved her real husband, Kazuki Sasaki, in that he didn't want her to cheat to win under Sonny Ono. So he was always, like, you know, fighting for control of her career. Um, and I've never been a big, big Medusa fan, so I'm cool with her career ending at Great American Bash. All right. Um, the next thing we're moving into should come as, uh, especially to Nate, no surprise. This is my favorite thing on the show. It is the death match. It's submission or KO between Chris Benoit and Mang. How do you go wrong with that? Fuck yeah. I want to watch this. You know, these guys were like, anything goes but the eyes and the teeth. <laughs> you know what I mean? It so is. Don't knock my teeth out. Don't gash my eye. Everything else. Right. It is the fro versus murderer's row. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Nate went there, ladies and gentlemen. I might have had a few beers in me tonight. <laughs> but yes, no. You're, you're not going to go wrong with these two guys in the ring. It's fantastic. No, and the lead up to this feud was great because Benoit wanted Sullivan. And Sullivan's like, you got to go through Ming to get to me one more time. And Benoit's like, okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, like, we all know Ming is one of the biggest badasses in all of wrestling. So it just added to him being even more of a badass, the fact that he took everything Benoit threw at him. Ming is the biggest badass. Yes. 
professional. He's not one of, he is the biggest badass. Like, he is the best. And, Agreed. Um, it's, like said, it's, 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 for me, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a horse race between Haku and Harley. Yeah, I think Harley Race would probably even tell you. Haku. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, like, one of my favorite stories, and, 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 I don't want to get too lost into it. It's like Eric Bischoff talked about when he realized you should stop fighting. Like basically, Meng was talking to Chris Candido and 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 Tammy Cinch in the locker room, and Bischoff was like, "Meng, we have to go over something." And Meng was like, "I'm talking to my friends. Give me a minute." And Bischoff was like, "Meng, I said I said I need to talk to you." And he said, I, "I'm talking to my friends. Please give me a minute." And Bischoff was like, "Meng." Like I said, we need to go over so and Meng stood up and said, I told you <laughs> I am talking to my friends. You need to give me a minute. And Bischoff was like, I'll come back around and talk to you in a little bit. Like, like, you know what I mean? It's like You you know Bischoff he, apologized when he got him alone. He's like, look, I didn't mean he, to rush you. I'm sorry. He's like, he said please like two times. Like, <laughs> give me a minute, I'm talking to my but then when you kept pushing it, then I'm gonna fuck with you. That's the that's the legitness of a badass human being. Somebody that definitely definitely is being a badass. Like I'll and go, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, and of all the professional wrestlers I've met in my life, <clears throat> he is one of the top five. You know, it's him, <coughs> Rock and Roll Express, Bill Eady, and Bob Backlund. They're the top five. Like. They may not have even been my favorites, but as far as meeting them, he's in my top five that I've ever met in my life. Yeah. He was so fucking cool. Yep. Um, uh, he's in my top five, too. Um, this might sound like a silly one, but I, I'd put, and, and I met Belidi, and like I said, I got him to sign my shit, but I'd put, I thought it was cool meeting Magnum TA. I don't know why, but just, anyway. Let's um, say here or there. I do have a lot of notes on this match, even though I loved it. I still, it's just there's so much. Um, Benoit gets introduced first, and this was like a great touch. I loved it. Benoit gets introduced introduced first, and then Meng comes out. And as Meng's coming out, Benoit ends up hitting a suicide dive on the Meng to kickstart the match. The match, and. Um, Jimmy Hart just decides to run away. Like he doesn't even stay at ring. He just he just runs. Like it's <laughs> like like his character was just like I I'm not needed here. I'm out. It's not gonna be good. I am out. It's not like this guy's gonna listen to my direction anyway. I'm leaving, and he just runs away. Um, ben winds up going for the crossface right away, but Meng powers out, which they're telling a story with that. Um. Um. Meng ends up um, beating up Benoit a little bit and, and ends up getting him into the into the tree of Joey Lawrence and kicks the shit out of him. Um, nobody's going to give me anything on the tree of Joey Lawrence. Whoa. The tree of... Whoa. Whoa. Anyway. Um, Benoit then ends up getting um, the crossface onto Meng and he has it on for a very, very long time, which ends up leading to Meng um, 
At first they said he passed out, but or that he tapped out, but he didn't tap out. They they fucked the commentators kind of fucked this up a little bit. Meng's character did not tap out. Meng's character passed out from the pain and ends up winning via referee stoppage. Um, I'm not giving the match justice, but this match was a four-star match. It was fucking fan-fucking-tastic, in my opinion. I agree. And it's... it's <clears throat> A lot of times there are there are matches that like what I'm gonna say. If I don't watch a show for for and I'm a terrible I'm a terrible co-host, ladies and gentlemen, because I don't I don't watch the shows before we do this show. I just react to what Aaron's saying and, and kind of remember things. But a lot of times, you know, there there are matches that stick out in your head, and that's how you know they're good. And this match, I can see this match in my head, so I know how good. It this is one of those matches. Obviously, you couldn't do it in this era because everybody knows. But you know, like back in like the seventies and the eighties or whatever, where you'd hear like somebody go, "Oh, I was wrestling with somebody that wasn't a wrestling fan," and they said all of that shit, all of that shit was fake. But what those two guys did was real. Yep. That's the fucking match. It wow. was a it was a hard hitting shoot fight. I mean, I guarantee you. Neither guy, you know, when they went to art, so what do you want to do? And I, knowing Ming, as for what we know him by all the stories, he's probably, probably like, tee off on me. Don't worry about it. I can take it. And Benoit was like, well, then the same goes for me. Well, and that's that's yeah. why this match is a, is a prime example why when I see comments on social media now, and that's a whole other thing, and I'm mm-hmm. not going to get too deep into yep. it. But when I see comments at, on social media now with um, neckbeards that – that um, I spit at comments by neckbeards that say anything about a Brock Lesnar match, and here's why: because if I if I if I brought a, a non wrestling fan into the room, he's the realest guy on that fucking TV. He's the right. realest guy on the fucking TV. He's I the agree. most badass motherfucker on television. Period. Okay. Yeah, oh, good. Brock Lesnar did 18 suplexes. Could you do it? Right. No, you couldn't. <laughs> Could you and take you know one? What? And you know what? Uh, he drew a bunch of fucking... He's drawn a bunch mm-hmm. of fucking money, and he does right. every time. And what else do you want him to do? Right. And I wasn't trying to take the show into the weeds, Aaron. I'm well, sorry. No. I, no. I, I, I'm agreeing with you. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, what else do you want him to do? And his character is Brock Lesnar. His character... Is a wrestler, yes, but he's also his character. He's a shoot fighter, right? And you know what else is most amazing about him, too? Is based on his opponent, he takes his style and he he assimilates his style into him and Dean Ambrose at that WrestleMania. You know? Which which Ambrose being somewhat of a bitch. Brock didn't want to do business the right way. Well, so let him lead the match then. Right, and and also Brock didn't want to do business the right way. Okay, so who's the fucking money drawer here, fucking right. Moxley? And yeah. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to shit on Moxley. I'm just saying, for Christ's sake, and, and <laughs> this is your opportunity. And don't say that Brock don't do business. You know, what I mean? Nate. Remember, well, I, you know me. I don't watch a lot of the modern stuff, so I don't. It might have been like a Royal Rumble or. Whatever. <laughs> but remember when him and Goldberg were going to wrestle? 
Survivor yeah. Series. And, and Goldberg, Jack, like, speared him and jackhammered him. I'm like, oh, that's over. Like, joking. And then it was over. And yeah. we were like, oh, shit, was... I guess that was over. Like, Brock didn't lose anything out of that. Because guess nope. what? All the other matches that he's done, he's guzzled people up. Right. Like, Paul, Paul Heyman said it best about that match, Aaron. Somebody asked him in an interview, why would you let Bro uh, Goldberg beat Brock Lesnar in 78 seconds? And his exact words were, because who else could do it mm -hmm. if it's not Goldberg? Because Goldberg stands toe-to-toe -to -toe with Brock Lesnar. And, it's and, believable. And, and he beat he he beat Brock in 76 seconds, so now Brock's character is like, I'm going to come back and be him in 62 seconds. Right, you know, which is what happened, right. And, and you know? there is the dude, there's, there's a lot, there's, he is in that up. Yeah, I could talk about Brock Lesnar all the time, but he is in that upper echelon of the wrestling industry that understand he he understands his fucking character, right? And he's he is, respected enough to where if he tells the person running it that's like my character wouldn't do that, they'd say, okay, well let's let's sit back and think about it and figure something else out. He's. You know, if anybody, when when Vince left, if anybody else would have walked out and said, "I'm done," Triple H would have called him back and said, "Hey, let's mm -hmm. talk about this." But he knew Brock was. Uh, let's talk to him and right. he understands that his shit's not changing. You, you know what I mean? Like your deal's right. changing. We're gonna keep you happy. He is. He is one of those guys that uh, when Cornette says the expression, working at a high level. That's a big deal. Brock Lesnar is one of the like 10 guys that are still alive that when you say working at a high level, that's what you mean. But anyway, back to 1997, Aaron. I'm sorry. That's okay. I just, um, I'm going to go back even further because I put that you could have put this match um, – on like mid south television, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and and that crowd and Bill Watts and that crowd would have been like, like you know, you, you get what I'm saying? Like th yep. this, this fucking match fits into any era because guess what? These guys went out there and did what fucking professional wrestling is supposed to be. Agreed, in my opinion. And then, um, they took it and made it totally WCW. Because they tried to stretcher out Ming and talking about how Ming has been stretchered out for the first time. And guess what the WCW EMTs did? What? They accidentally dropped him. Oops. Oops. They dropped the man. They were if you watch the video, they are taking him up the ramp and they don't realize that. They're about to walk onto part of the ramp that's no longer there, and they fucking legitimately drop them. And then they have to pick him back up. Like, of course, the cameraman was right on the stretch. Yeah, they right saw on. it all. They're right on, and the crowd was all over it. It was bad. Um, so that was that match. And it, like I said, it was great. It's the best thing on the show. And that, <clears throat> that's not, um, well, what's going on here? Um, that's not knocking anything else anybody did on the show because I don't think, other than what we're about to talk about, I don't think there's a bad match on here. Like something where I can just be like, that was just trash. You know what I mean? But 
It was the it was the best thing. I agree. You got anything else on it, Nate? Nope. All right. The next thing is the worst thing, and it is um, Steve Mongo McMichael with his um, wife Deborah versus Kevin Green. It's Lord, Lord, Lord. Like, I don't. I don't want to say it. Nate, you know, you were like, oh, Mongo was good for what he was. You know what I mean? And he was. And Kevin Green was good because he was like, you know, respectful to the business. And was mm-hmm. like, you know, but these guys shouldn't be in the ring together by themselves. Yeah, I was about uh, to say yeah. they shouldn't they shouldn't be one on one. Um I never liked Mongo as a wrestler. I like Mongo as a personality. Yeah. Um like, I yeah, thought Mongo. Kevin Green did very well as a wrestler as considering that he wasn't a wrestler. Yeah, it's kind of like LC. But, but but Kevin Green was much better well served in like a tag team match. Yeah. Right. When Mongo's the ring general and I don't have a lot of great things to say about this match. Um, one thing I will say, and I was like, oh, I didn't realize. Um, they've been doing this thing for like a year. And it's it just, there's, there's nothing good about it at all. Like I, I tried to be like, well, maybe this, maybe you get this out of it, maybe you get that out of it. You get you get nothing good out of it. See, the problem I had with the entire feud was like Aaron just said, it went on for almost an entire year. But in between that year, Kevin Green had a tag match with Ric Flair, who is a horseman. And if we all recall, it was Ric Flair who turned Mongo on Kevin Green in a tag match to begin with. So what the fuck was the storyline anymore? Why didn't we just end it there? When Kevin Green teamed with, with Flair, that's your payoff. It's over. Well, that's your problem with having a guy like Kevin Green, who is an active football player, is you can only book him when he's not playing, you know? But that's what I'm saying. But why would we go the, the route of, okay, these are the three that are going to fight the NWO? You know what I mean? They could have put anybody with Flair and Piper at that point. Right. You know what I mean? Or made it the Horseman and Piper versus the NWO. But they chose to include Kevin Green, thus killing the storyline that Mongo even had with him. Because the minute that that match was over, Mongo and Green were right at each other's throat again. And Flair was like, yeah, Mongo's going to kick his ass. And like, okay, but you were just best friends with him yesterday. You know? Yeah, it's just a big cluster. But it could have been worse. It could have been Reggie White versus Mongo. True. So... At least Kevin Green had some wrestling skill. Yes. Or Ken Ken Norton. (laughs) So I got bored during this match and did some some research on Steve McMichael. And he was a wrestling fan as a child. And um, you guys know, interesting, um, who Steve McMichael's favorite wrestler was when he was a child. Let's see, that would have had to have been the 60s, right? 50s or 60s. Uh, I'm going to say Andre the Giant. 
He's just decided that this, he said, this is my favorite wrestler. Like Nate, if I said, who's your favorite wrestler, Nate, who's your favorite wrestler? Randy Savage. All right. My favorite wrestler is uh, Kurt Hennig. Um, Archie, who's your favorite wrestler? Ric Flair. All right. Um, if you ask Steve Mongo McMichael, this might surprise you guys, but guess who his favorite wrestler of all time is? Who? Candy Divine. What? Yep. Mongo like candy. <laughs> I was going to say Bulldog Bob Brown. Come on, Nate. I did a Blazing Saddles joke. I get nothing. <laughs> Mongo like candy. Mongo like candy. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even catch it. God damn it. Candy Divine. Anyway. Um, candy, Jared, ready comes to Mongo. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jared ends up hitting Jeff Jarrett comes out and they do the same fucking spot like they had to keep it really simple for Mongo you know who Mongo's favorite wrestler was at the time who Bart Gunn what Are you Mongo, Mongo, Mongo lot share Bart that's <laughs> 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 That's kind of funny. Um, uh, they they have to keep it simple for these guys, so they keep doing the same finish every time. Jeff Jarrett comes out. Can you imagine being Jeff Jarrett in this situation? Like his whole WCW career, he's just saddled with Michael McMichael, right? And Deborah. And well, I I'd like to be. No, no, no I know that, but saddled with Deborah, but. But Deborah yeah. was outshining him. He even said it when he came back to the WWE. <laughs> so Jared ends up coming out and um, hitting Mongo by mistake with the briefcase, and Kevin Green gets the pinfall. So Kevin Green finally wins this year-long epic feud between epic. himself and Mongo McMichael. So it's finally right. Quick, Quick question. Wait, do I remember what the question was? Hold on. Oh, yes. Quick question for the both of you. Jeff Jarrett, Jared, horseman or not a horseman? Not a horseman. Nate? Not a horseman. Not a horseman, right? Even though he was inducted, even though he did team and, and did, you know, every. I don't think he was ever a horseman either. I don't even hate him, but he's not a horseman. Right. It's not about hate. I just don't think he was ever really in the group. Because then nope. they would have been five. <laughs> I wouldn't even care if there would have been four. He wasn't a horseman. Right. Um, I, I you know I, what else? What? He was he was he was saddled with the the horrible horseman storyline. He was it's shadowed. Done. He was saddled with Mongo McMichael, and he was saddled with this. Yep. <clears throat> Every chance I get. <laughs> Man, that I, I can't help it. Every chance that, I get, that makes like that makes the alone my baby tonight look like a gold record. <laughs> my baby tonight's actually a decent country song, <laughs> <laughs> and everything. 
he's the prime example of Bischoff not caring what he did with like we you know people are right. like, Eric Bischoff didn't care about what he did with money with Ted Turner's money and Bischoff's like yeah duh, 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 duh. but every time you hear about Bischoff talking about Jared he's like I fucking hated that guy his stupid hair and his stupid outfit and this that and the other thing I didn't even fucking want him it's like why would you even let him get hired you know what I mean? right. like, yeah. Jarrett got signed by WCW and then Bischoff was just like, fuck it. Like, we'll run him out of here in a year. But also, and he did. <laughs> but also in Jarrett's defense, he said, and he's actually, he was actually pretty smart during the Attitude Era and was kind of ahead of it. He only signed year deals. Did you guys, mm-hmm. did you guys ever hear him talk about yeah. that? Yeah, it was a one year deal. He'd only signed one year deals. Because it's like, this shit goes south, I'm going to get out of here. Or, you know what I mean? Or if yeah. I get over, then, like, he was watching. Yeah, but it, it wasn't very becoming to him going from WWF to WCW back to WWF and airing his grievances and then running back right back to WCW. It was like whoever was willing to pay him more is where he was going to stay. So and it all, yeah. it, I mean, it all stems from the fact that he was the son of a promoter. So right. he from and, his he, dad. and he realized that the wrestling business, he was a guy that realized a little bit before some of them that we're no longer in the territory business. We're in the television business. So say I sign a three deal with these people and they end up not liking what I'm doing and they just end up fucking burying me. Right. And I try to leave after three years. It's like you've been jobbing on their show for fucking three years. What are we gonna right, do? it's going to take your stock down, right? Yeah, no, I agree so with that. Like, but I mean, how, how quick can you kill me in a year? It ain't going. <coughs> you know what I mean? You, mm-hmm. you look at his time in the WWF. I think he was a two-time Intercontinental Champion. He actually was getting pushed. Okay, he left there, went to WCW. Obviously, he told Bischoff, "Look, I don't want to do the stupid country and western thing, and I just want to be regular Jeff Jarrett. I don't want to be Double J." And then Bischoff gives him that entrance song, and we said everything he got saddled with, so they could run him out of the ter- out of the, the the company. He goes back to WWF, and they give him that stupid overcoat with the double J's on it, and rebirth the NWA, but not the good NWA as we know it, the you know bad NWA. And he gets you know it doesn't. It's not until he starts the "Don't piss me off" thing that he actually starts getting taken seriously. So, but like I said, I just kind of it's funny that we had to like devolve into I shouldn't say devolve, but we got a longer discussion about Jeff Jarrett in this fight. Not match, right? <laughs> but the next thing on the show is decent. It is the Outsiders, and they're accompanied by six, with, and they are taking on Ric Flair and Roddy Piper for the tag team championships. And like I said, this. From, from the Nitro before this, this was stupid because they put this match on television as a way to promote the pay-per-view tag team title match. But anyway, um, the match starts quickly with Flair and Hall going at it, throwing punches and chops. Um, Flair gets the advantage and Hall powders out. Um, and then they kind of they kind of reset. And then Flair ends up doing his flip spot over the ropes and goes to run the apron, but Kevin Nash ends up kicking him. Um, um, Piper gets the hot tag and takes on both Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. And then um, Six ends up kicking Piper and, and laying him out. And Flair goes after Six 
and they end up brawling up um, the eight. Uh, I almost said up the apron. Sorry, up the aisle, and uh, Flair never comes back, and Piper is left to defend himself in this in this match, and they end up double teaming Piper, beating his ass, and then. Uh, <coughs> The Outsider's Edge on Roddy Piper and pins him one, two, three, and the Outsiders um, retain their title. I I like Roddy Piper. I like Ric Flair. I, I in nineteen ninety seven, the story they're trying to tell with Piper and Flair is just. All over the goddamn place. And in WCW, it's ass backwards, too. Because if you're going to do this, if you're going to do this in WCW, it should have been the reverse. It shouldn't have been Flair disappearing. It should have been Piper disappearing. Right. Piper should be the heel in this situation in WCW. And it's just showing that um, everything you want to say about Bischoff, he was a mark too. Yep. Am I wrong though about the flare? No, no, no. Because here's the thing: Piper just came off beating Hogan in a non-title match, and then getting another title match, and then now gets regulated. Which I'm not—I don't mean regulated in a bad way, but he goes from main event to okay. Here's the Outsiders with Ric Flair and Kevin Green. So Piper coming off as the sour grapes heel would have been perfect. You know what I mean? I'm the icon. I'm the guy that said I could still go and you know, and, and even Flair, and even you know? and even though and even though Flair is the great the greatest, one of the greatest, if not the greatest heel of all time, in nineteen ninety-seven in WCW, Ric Flair is a baby face. And he's loved. The fans are cheering for him. And he's been there forever. I mean, what, Pipe? He hadn't been there since 84. Mm-hmm. Right. And that wasn't even WCW. Well, it was Mid-Atlantic, right? Yep. So he had oh, been there for 15 fucking years. Oh, right? and the fans were, were generally booing Piper slightly because of how boring the Piper-Hogan matches were. So you could even have Piper turn that way. It's these people's fault that I, I'm a bad guy. I, they, 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 they don't respect me, and I'm a legend. You know what I mean? And then you have Flair defend the fans. It works on different levels. And WCW, I shouldn't say this about Roddy Piper, because, Nate, you know I'm a huge Roddy Piper fan, but WCW Roddy Piper was repetitive. A WCW babyface Roddy Piper Agreed. and boring. Yes. Same same promo it, it, every week. It, it was because, say what you want about the contentious relationship between Piper and McMahon, WCW gave Roddy Piper the final say on what Roddy Piper was going to do. And that's not a good <coughs> thing to do with a guy with his ego. You know, him and McMahon fought a lot. But at the end of the day, Roddy Piper went out and did what McMahon wanted him to do. Yeah. Whereas in WCW, he just, you know, kind of got to run rough shot. And, and I mean, the prime example. Or, or hey, hey, we're going to put these two guys against each other. 
uh, like we're gonna put Hogan and Piper against each other. Like, all right, um, well, who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna beat who? Well, I don't know because they both have uh, creative control and first refusal of yeah, in like creative or whatever. It's like right. So what's right. gonna happen? Oh, we're gonna, 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 gonna lose to the other one, and then we'll just. We're going to bill it as a title match, but then Piper's going to beat Hogan, but then the title's not going to change. Yeah, and they're going to be like, oh, we forgot to tell you it wasn't a title match. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or or some shit will happen and there won't even be a finish. And then we wonder why people are throwing pennies at everybody. Right. <laughs> What's going on? No, Aaron took the words out of my mouth. Piper was the epitome of what happens when you give somebody the words creative control in their contract. Because he, in my opinion, and I look, I love Roddy Piper too, and I, I God rest his soul, he was one of the greats. But I mean, if if anything, he used it to the high heavens in WCW because everything that happened from that stupid music video to you know what I mean, the the bad booking of the Hogan match, it it just it screams creative control. And that's why I'm saying it's the only guy. The only guy, a person personality-wise, the only promoter that could control Roddy Piper was Vince McMahon. I agree. Because Vince McMahon was the only promoter that was a bigger prick and a bigger personality than Roddy Piper. Right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> What proved he's the biggest prick? It's like, kind of like Vince and Brock. Yeah. No what? other promoter in the world could handle Brock like Vince McMahon. Piper even admits it about it because he talks about it in his book. He even talks about, um, like Piper thought he was done when he when he was done at WrestleMania three. Like I for, I totally believe that. Okay, because like you know, people give people shit about retiring and this, that, and the other thing, and then coming back, you know. But Piper legit thought he was done, and um, he wanted Piper to put like Hogan over on, not, not, <coughs> like pin, like get pinned, but he wanted him to put Hogan over on TV before he left, like being like. Hulk Hogan was my toughest opponent, and I'm a Hulkamaniac. You know, like he wanted him to do that. And Piper said, No, I'm not going to do that. Okay. And Vince was like, All right. All right. <laughs> well, then they did um, like Piper's send off video. You know what I mean? And <laughs> you know what? The last image on the send-off, like, tribute video to Roddy Piper was on WWF television. Hulk Hogan beating Roddy Piper. No, it was not. It was when they thought it was going to be, it was when he was feuding with Snuka and Hogan and all of them, you know, and they thought it was going to be Hogan and Snuka versus um, Bob Be or Bob Eklund, Bob Orton and Piper at WrestleMania, you know? Mm -hmm. Um. Piper comes out and he's got a Hulkamania shirt on as like mocking, you know, and he hits, ah. the, he hits the knee and he does the, I love you. Like he's mocked. Like this is like 84 him mocking those guys. But by the time he leaves, the last thing you see 
<laughs> that you were supposedly going to see was Roddy Piper hitting the knee and going, I love you. And he's wearing a Hawkamania shirt. <laughs> and it's in his book. He's like, oh, that fucker got me. <laughs> like, I fucking hate him, but he got me. I just thought that was, it's great. It's it, Piper's book's awesome. If you never read it, it's a good book. Um, where was I at? Sorry. Um, like I said, that, that, that match happened. Um, so the story they're going to be telling is that Piper basically feels that um, um, Flair abandoned him and all that shit. Um, so unless you guys got anything else on that, we'll move nope. into our main event. Our main event is a lights out, no sanction match between Randy Savage and Diamond Dallas Page. Randy Savage is accompanied by Liz. They come out. Um, then Diamond Dallas Page is introduced, and um, Kimberly comes out with no DP with no DDP, which I'm okay with. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll never um, discount my attraction to Kimberly Page. I don't want to sound weird, but I'll always put her over because she was amazing and still is. And her last mm-hmm. name is Bacon, which is even greater. <laughs> um, but she's stalling on the uh, entrance ramp because DDP ends up coming through the crowd and attacking Randy Savage from behind. Um, he ends up hitting a diamond cutter early on Savage, but Savage escapes out through the ropes. Uh, out through the ropes, sorry. And then they have a. Uh, they basically have a Memphis walk and brawl. They're going all over the building. Um, Mark Mickey J was originally the referee. He ends up getting taken out. And then Mark Curtis ends up getting taken out. Um, then they end up fighting um, up through the set. And it's like this picnic area because it's Great American Bash. And they... Uh, a savage gets put through a picnic table and DDP ends up hitting him with like a fucking charcoal grill. They're going back and forth, back and forth. It, it, it's just a big brawl. Um, then they wind up back in the ring and DDP ends up hitting his cutter again, going for the, going for the pinfall, no referee. And then this time Scott Hall ends up getting involved. Um, but Paige gets the upper hand on him and then goes back to Savage. And then this gives Scott Hall enough time to get involved again. And ends up getting the um, Outsider's Edge on DDP. And then Savage hitting his elbow smash. And gets the pinfall. One, two, three. And that is the end of that. And as far as I know, that is the end of that feud. We'll find out later going on, but it's kind of what Nate said with WCW logic. Fucking booked in reverse. Yep. <laughs> I, uh, I, I always liked the way that this feud started, though. Do you remember how this feud got started, Aaron? It was Savage wanting to bang Paige. Right. Not he Paige, wanted Kimberly Paige. Kimberly, right. He, he walked him and Elizabeth walked into the fans with Kimberly Page's Playboy magazine. And as a 16-year-old kid, I remember looking at that screen going, I have that magazine! 
You know what I mean? It was like, wow, they're using a Playboy to promote, you know what I mean, this feud. Yeah, and, and it was cool, and the feud was cool. Right, right. And, and like I said, it went a lot It went a lot longer than it should have because there was a lot of, about each one of them had to be hurt or whatever. <clears throat> but it started with Paige getting the victory and then ended with Savage... Ending right. up in the feud, it should have been the other fucking way around. Right. Like this should have been Paige hitting the diamond cutter and being like, "Oh," and it should have skyrocketed Paige to what he was going to do next. You know, it should have either been a title shot or, but I think that was what they were afraid of is they didn't want to do Paige versus Hogan. So if he beats Macho Man here and it's the end of if if it is the end of their feud, obviously the next step is Paige and Hogan, which they weren't prepared to do for quite some time. Yeah, WCW, they just booked it in backwards. That's fucking backwards. WCW, face down, ass up. That's just... <laughs> <laughs> that shouldn't have been this where the big thing It's just been WCW, face down, ass up. It's unnatural. I'm sorry. I like it. I like it. It's unnatural. That could have been the ending tagline. It's unnatural. But anyway. or, you bring, or you bring Dustin Rhodes back, and that's his new gimmick. He no, he's the unnatural. In WWF. <laughs> no, he was called that. I know, but he was unnatural over <laughs> But anyway. That is how that pay per view ended, and like it's a I solid said, show. It's a solid show, and they did a lot on it, and I enjoyed it. But I just think that Page Savage match, that Page Savage feud, was a really good feud. But it was just it was booked backwards, in my opinion. Savage would have lost nothing. I agree. Taking the diamond cutter and losing at this match. And knowing Randy, he probably wanted to put Paige over because Randy didn't give a crap about putting not about putting people over. You know what I mean? So this was a Bischoff Hogan booked match. So they like said overall, good show. Yeah. I had nothing wrong with it. If I would have been in attendance, I wouldn't have thought I wasted my money. If I would have bought it on pay-per-view, I wouldn't have thought I wasted my money. And I don't think I wasted my time or you guys' time talking about it. And Not I, one bit. I want to say I appreciate you guys um, listening to me ramble about it, and I appreciate everybody that's listening to the show. Um, if you do like the show, listener, please share it, please rate it, please review it. That's the only way podcasts don't have goddamn um, um, like Jack off machines and fucking better help. Working. The only way you can, if, if you don't have that, like I, I kind of want Nate to have jack off machines. And yeah, is that all it takes to be famous on a podcast? <laughs> next or? year, next year, we're working on it. Yeah, I, I want better help and fucking lift <laughs> fucking goddamn dick pills, dick pills, and fucking. Wait, we're gonna do Viagra on a pole. Uber mattresses or whatever the fuck. I want that for Nate. The only way we're going to get that is by you guys. Listening and telling your friends. Telling your friends. 
rating it, reviewing it, and then maybe, just maybe, this will roll into me being able to get some of this free shit from Nate's sponsors. Right. Like, when I, I would like one of those mattresses that you fucking put a number on it and you just fucking sleep like a cocoon baby. I want <laughs> I deserve baby. like Tom Serga, <laughs> Segura, and all these other fuckers. Make it happen. Yeah, I want to be like Joe Rogan. I don't want to be like Joe Rogan. Well, not as a human being, but I want to have his podcast money. <laughs> but, but please, like I said, do all that shit. Do all that for the reliving the extreme. Do that for if you smell what the arch is cooking. Do that for um, um, all the other shows. Indie Spotlight. Um, I think um, Archie's got a show coming up. Talk about five. yes. I was I was going to ask you if I could if I could promote it for a second. If that's all right, with you good sir. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, starting this week, it'll probably be premiering before this show comes out, but it'll still be there on Spotify. Uh, it is called the Nothing But Trouble podcast. And no, I'm not speaking of about the popular Chevy Chase and Demi Moore movie from the 90s. It is myself and seven lifelong friends that I've known since I was a young boy. And we are talking about a barrage of different things. On the opening episode, we're talking about um, our favorite restaurant to go to, uh, conspiracy theories, celebrity t- tweets that ruined their careers, and... The ending segment is the best way to get into an argument with your wife. Uh, so uh, join me and my seven buddies uh, weeknight, weekly here on WrestleNet Radio. Even though it's not a wrestling podcast, it is still something that I think you guys are going to like and the content that we bring to you guys going to be talking about. And I think it was great. I think it was great. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, Nate. It was fantastic. Um, have uh, listened I can to tell it you and... the most mad I ever made a... Uh... Sorry. Go ahead. Um, I can tell you the two times I've made a woman the most mad at me. Mm-hmm. I've never been married, so I don't know about if this would work with wives, but the two times I've made a girlfriend the most mad at me. Okay. They're both individual girlfriends. Um, the one, the girl was trying, the, the, the woman, I should call mm-hmm. the girl, the woman was trying on clothes. Have you guys ever been in that situation? Yep. Just fucking goddamn bench. And she's trying on fucking outfits, and she Does comes. Does this out make me look fat? And once you review it, yeah, <laughs> she came out, and and she said, she said, "Does this does this dress make my ass look big?" And I said, "Yes." <laughs> oh God! And and the lady behind the counter is this black girl. She was like, "Oh, like oh oh." I was like, "Well, it does." <laughs> fucking mad. I'm like, well, you shouldn't ask my goddamn opinion. We've been dating for three fucking years. You said you wanted honesty. Don't wear <laughs> fucking horizontals. And also, <laughs> let's be honest. What's wrong with your ass looking big? Right. But you if you don't want it looking big, don't wear horizontals. <clears throat> and then this other chick that I dated, I like one of my one of my best friends in the world is a is a is a woman. Okay. Okay, and, and she's an attractive little brunette girl. Okay, but okay. I, don't even, I don't even think of her that way. I think of her like a sister, right? And we'll be like texting each other, the stupid jokes, just that and the other thing. And this girl I was dating was like, basically accused me of cheating on her with 
this girl is my friend. Right. And I said, that's not a thing. We're just friends. She goes, I think you're in a relationship with her. And I said, sometimes I don't even want to be in this relationship. Why do you think I'd want a secret one? <laughs> oh, my God, Aaron. Oh, that's good. I had to leave. Like I was like, this is, <laughs> this is nuclear heat. I'm leaving. You had X-Pac heat, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> like, why would I want to be two of these motherfuckers? Because I don't even want to be with you half the time. Well, I have to say, I wish one of us would have said one of the two things you said, because we only had two actual answers, because six of us agreed with each other. So, right. But I'll save that for the show. Uh, I won't give away any spoilers. Uh, but like I said, week, weekly on uh, WrestleNet Radio, uh, we're going to be talking about everything. Like I said, the first episode is a, a you know, like a, a mixed bag. But everyone going forward will be one subject. We're going to have a, a sports episode, music, movies, uh, Game of Thrones, uh, Walking Dead. Uh, you name it, we're going to talk about it. And we might even do food reviews on the show one day. We might, you know, we're going to have a, you know, a little bit of everything. All right. We're looking forward to that. And thank you. Listen, like I say, guys, thanks for listening to this show. Um, hopefully we're back on the regular now. It's a holiday. I know the holidays aren't over, but they're over for me. Christmas isn't a big deal in my industry. So hopefully we're back on the regular here. What? I, it, it's not a big deal. Thank Thanksgiving is once it. you're through once you're through Turkey Day, it's yeah. just let the shit that you have sell. Oh yeah. yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, you're right. After Black Friday, it's just like let, let yep. it sell. You're right. Whatever okay. you got, that's Normal. what you got, buddy. Back okay. to normal. So I agree. I appreciate everybody listening and listen to all the other shows and let the people know this is the least pretentious and funniest podcast we've out there. So. And if you don't like it, fuck off. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. Yeah. <laughs>